Hammerman Part 2. If you haven't listened to Part 1, it's necessary that you go back and listen to Part 1 because you will not understand Part 2. For those of you who have already listened to Part 1, here's my plan for Part 2. I am going to read the first three paragraphs of Part 1 to remind you of the setting and the conflict. And then I will read a couple of sentences before the actual content of Part 2. Here we go. I didn't know the purpose of the event at the local golf club. It's just that Brent a new acquaintance, had sent me an email suggesting that I attend. My instincts told me this would be a different group of people, and, and if you know me, you know I'm always eager to make new friends. I had relocated to the island four years prior from a small town in South Jersey. I left my beautiful art studio. I left Sam, my rescue dog, who was lovingly who lovingly howled whenever I asked him to talk to me. I left Dr. Cat, my huge tortoise shell tabby that I had adopted from this an, um, SPCA event in Minneapolis. I left an, an impressive social life with communities leaders who were of substantial means and gave freely to the college where my husband was the president. And finally, and most important, I guess, I left my husband the president. Leaving was a challenge in many ways, yet it was the best decision I had made in a very long time. Actually, it was the best decision I had made in a very, very long seven years. It was liberating, to say the least. However, with a doubt, leaving was formidable, but not for the reasons that you would assume. Let me explain. Those are the first three paragraphs of Part 1, The Cameraman and Other Relationships, Part 1. I mention in part one, this story that I wrote in 2007 is a true story. It happened to me in 2007. Um, and so, as I said, I wrote it then. And so it was very, very fresh in my mind. I go on in part one to talk about what I left and how I left. And then meeting this cameraman at this local rally, political rally at the golf club. He sat down beside me. He was cute. We had a conversation. And, and then um, we exchanged contact information and he left. And after he left, he texted me and he said he was coming to the island and could we get together. So at the end of part one, I'm talking about this I'm writing about this story, and I was kind of excited about the cameraman coming to the island and my spending some time with him, but something nagged at me. My instincts told me that he might be married, and I needed to find out in a circuitous way. I emailed saying, looking forward to your visit. What are your plans? Work? Play? Will you be bringing your family? If yes, I'm happy to find activities for everyone. Let me know. He replied, me too. Some work, some play. I will be alone. Foiled. 
My plan was foiled, damn it. He didn't say he wasn't married, just that he was alone. You caught that, didn't you? So you know what that means. He's married. I knew it. Well, that put me on my heel, so I just didn't reply. But... As fate would have it, a few, la- few days later, he emailed me again. He said he was writing an article about the island for a travel section of an impressive statewide newspaper and wanted to know what activities I would suggest for a family of four on a vacation for a few days on the island. Well, this was perfect because my website that I mentioned before in part one in my blog was all about the island, what to do, where to go. I knew everything about the island, and finally, he called one afternoon. We talked about what he wanted to write and who I wanted him to meet and so forth. We covered all the details, and then, of course, the dreaded subject emerged. He cleverly probed, what will your husband be doing while we are meeting with all these people? Please bring him along if he is free. Of course, I wasn't going to play the game that he played, which was not be obvious, not be truthful, not put everything on the table. So I asked, I responded after he said, please bring him along if he's free. I said, oh, I'm not married. Silence. There was silence. To fill the void and to confirm my suspicion, I asked him, You said you will be alone. Yes, I will be alone. I have a lovely wife, but she won't be with me. He went on for a few minutes explaining about his husband, his career, and so forth, and he carefully, ever so delicately, delicately added, I love my wife dearly, but I always thought that we were never supposed to be just with one person in our entire lives. That thought, he said, which was once a mere inkling, now is almost a daily roar. More silence. Well, we hung up, and the time came for for us to meet. So we met in the parking lot at 10 a.m. in the morning and started our appointments. It was a beautiful, sunny, breezy day. The appointments were informative, and even I learned so much more about my island. We ate lunch, my favorite family restaurant overlooking the water, and the cameraman was a perfect gentleman. His interactions with new acquaintances, his interest in photographing historic homes and buildings, and his interview questions and skills revealed a very bright, thoughtful, sensitive man who valued history, people, and people from all walks of life. The cameraman seemed to embody all those things I valued in a person. That is, he was curious, he listened, and he engaged in conversation. He was genuinely interested in hearing what I had to say and what others had to say. Furthermore, at the end of the day, our debriefing indicated that he saw something special in the, individual, in, in the individuals that he met. And often, that which he found special had little do, to do with the article or the island, but rather what he found that was special was the passion the individuals had 
about their part in our community here. He saw the good in people. I decided that he had earned quite a few points that that day and that morning. And um, so I was um, impressed. But alas, before the afternoon was complete, the cameraman, yeah, the cameraman came a little unglued. He reached over and nudged my knee three times during the day. Inappropriate, I thought, but whatever. And finally, as we were walking on the beach, he said something funny, and then he laughed, and he put his arms around me with this great big hug. Ah, I thought to myself, clear evidence. This was the cue to my resolve, gave me the opening I needed. Slowly, with a delicate, soft tone, I told him what I had practiced in my head for the last couple of hours. I said, you are a very nice man and I enjoy your company, but you must understand that because you are married, our relationship will only be a business relationship. I know you understand. It was simple, clear, economic use of language, no ball busting, no male bashing, no ego blasting, just the simple truth. He nodded and we finished our walk. After the walk, he said, now what? Can we go to dinner? Wow. I thought that was another cue. I thought I had already covered this, but something told me that he nodded but didn't believe it. Anyway, weighing my words carefully and measuring my eye contact, I said, yes, we can go to dinner if you agree that we are business associates. I mean, you're not going to try to convince me to change my mind, right? Right, he nodded. I said, okay, as long as we're clear, I would love for you to see this fabulous restaurant where you can eat outside and watch the sunset. Then I want you to hear the bluegrass picking that takes place every Monday at the historical district downtown. It's a hoot and more local color for your article. I went home and showered and I watched the sand and the stress of the last few hours of the day wash down the drain. I was renewed. You know, the stress to that day, there's a stress to the day when a man, you know, when you think a man is confused and you've told him and he's nodded his head, but you're wondering if he's not confused. I mean, all that takes energy rather than just enjoying the day. So I was tired, but the, the shower helped. We went to dinner and, and listened to local musicians singing and picking. Our conversation throughout the relatively short evening was about his article and about my website. He did, however, talk some about his marriage, his children, and his puzzlement about his marriage, but he never did say a negative word about any of that. I listened in silence, knowing, knowing that any comment could possibly be perceived as encouragement. As the evening ended, he thanked me for the tour. He would keep me informed about the article, 
he would li list my uh, website in the article, talk my website up in the article, so it would be good for my marketing. He also thanked me for my honesty. I simply said, thank you. I went home excited that I had learned so much more about my community, ecstatic that I could share it with someone who valued it as I did, and at peace. I was at peace that I made myself clear without offending the cameraman. I went to sleep that night with the satisfaction that he would write an ex excellent article about my business, and it had been a great day. The next morning, I woke at 5.30 a.m. as usual. I made coffee, a little breakfast, got ready for my morning tennis. Another beautiful day in paradise, I thought. But gradually, this unidentified feeling began rising up in my stomach. I felt tired, weird, sluggish, queasy. I was weepy. I thought maybe I was getting a cold, but weepy? That didn't seem right. To my consternation, I realized I wasn't sick. I was upset. I was emotional. I was sad. Why? It took me. I mean, I'm slow. Honestly, I am because I think more than I feel. It's true. Those feelings stirred until I was finally able to define them. It took some time. But here, were my here was my sequence of thoughts. I am a very happy person. I'm never lonely. I do what I want when I want. I have friends. I enjoy spending time with, and I value my alone time. I do not want for a relationship with a man. I, it simply doesn't enter my mind. I have magic in my life. My life is full. You know, you know the drill. I can count on one hand how many men I've met in the last 10 years who've been, who I've been attracted to and who are interested in me. It just doesn't happen. And you know what? I'm good with it. I'm really good. But wait, here was a blip on the screen, the cameraman, the daggone cameraman. And to add insult to injury, he seemed to, to embody all those wonderful attributes that I value in a man. I bet you agree with me that those type of males are few. At least few in my world as, as I have lived it. And oh, by the way, he's married. Kerplunk. Deal with that. Dr. Independent Woman. Oh, yeah, deal with that. You think you're so good. Anyway, oh, cruel world. Why did this happen to me? I don't like this feeling. It's, and I, you know, I had to reevaluate how I think. It, is it the universe telling me that I'm fooling myself, that I'm covering up this desire to have a relationship with a man? Is this happiness that I think I feel every day just crap? Am I covering over a deep denial? Is my phenomenology mere fabrication? Well, obviously my thoughts were topsy-turvy and I was on the edge of tear, tears most of the time. And when, when I wasn't on the edge, I cried. I wasn't crying about the cameraman. I was crying about my own dilemma. Of course, then after that, I was engaged and enraged in this self-pity I was wallowing in, and I f floundered in this amalgamation all daggone day. And for the first time again, I envied the couple embracing and looking longingly into one another's eyes on the Viagra commercials on TV. 
I longed for someone, anyone to caress my hand like that handsome older gentleman does with the sweet gray-haired lady on the sexy and the sexy woman on the Cymbalta commercial. Oh boy, I know it. I am no twit. Married men are huge heartaches. Plus, they can't hold your hand at the restaurant. They can't join you with your friends for a game of cards. They can't spend the holidays with you. All of these things are the things I would want if indeed I wanted a man. Yeah. On the extremely rare occasion that I'm attracted to a man, he's either married or he's limited. And I spent a lot of time in part one of the story talking about limitations. And so I won't recap that here. I won't review that here, but it's true. If, if, if a man's attracted to me, he's either married or he's limited. The good news, I'm still alive. <laughs> the good news is that I worked through all of this, it but it did take a whole day, gone day, what a waste of time, And I got, but I got to the other side. I reminded myself again, not everyone has everything all the time to make the results to, to make that results in perfect happiness all the time. So let me say that again. I, not everyone has everything all the time that results in happiness all the time. Those people who are happy every single moment are on huge amounts of medication. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. If I needed medication, I'd take it in a nanosecond. I'm fortunate because so far I'm fine with I'm fine without drugs so far. Yes, I admit once in a blue moon I would love to be loved, treated like a queen, have someone really understand me, truly be fascinated, fascinated by me, my intellect. No, they value me. I would it would be great if somebody valued me. Knowing the fun, loving, wonderful person I undoubtedly am. And he couldn't help but fall head over heels in love with me, me and me. <laughs> if that would happen, I'd say, hey, good for you, you lucky man. <laughs> and of course, I would love, think, feel, and give all of that back to him. I would, I promise, I would, I would, I promise. However... I remain steadfast. Rather than want for something that I may or may not even have, I choose to enjoy every moment of my life. Thank God I like spending time with myself. And I'm passionate about the things that create my bliss. I have to thank the cameraman for reminding me of all this. Thank you, cameraman. The end. Yes, well, the end of this story. I'm writing more, but oh, wait, wait, wait. Not my stories. Lord knows I, I hope I'm done with that. I don't have any more stories about me. But I do know about other love stories that have been told to me, real love stories, real unrequited love stories by real people that I know who have given me permission to write their story, their story, which will leave them anonymous, of course. But nonetheless, 
nonetheless, all these stories, love stories, unrequited love stories are about love. So you can stay tuned for that. But before, and I'm about to sign off, but before I sign off, I wanted to remind you that I've created an ebook. Actually, it's a photo ebook with pictures from my travels in Chiang Mai, Thailand, Pristina, Kosovo, and Vietnam. You can have it for free. It's 13 pages. All that you have to do is email me at diane at dianeabroad.com. That's diane, D-I-A-N-N, at diane, D-I-A-N-N, abroad, diane at dianeabroad. And I'll send it to you. There are no expectations, no requirements, just... I'll send you that book and I hope you like it. That'll be the first of a few books that I'm, a few free ebooks that I'm doing. So I hope you like the story and I hope that you share it. Tell me, tell, you know, actually, I hope that you respond to it and tell me what you think. Tell me about your love story. Maybe you could be a part of my book. That'd be good. And, um, Tell me what you think. Tell me kinds of things you would like in my podcast. I hope that you um, subscribe. Yes, I hope that you subscribe. This is Diane, Diane Schindler from In the Know Podcast Show. Signing off. You have a great day.